Hey, Gorge, how are you? Hello, lovely. I am fucking wonderful. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. I heard Mama Traden's in the motherfucking building. Mama Traden's in New York City. She came to visit me. It's been literally two years. So Holy I'm fucking shit. thrilled. Yep. Like going on three, I'm pretty sure. So <gasps> yeah, I'm very thrilled. Um, it's been lovely. She just got in yesterday and fortunately missed the whole tropical storm hurricane nonsense. Amazing. Yes. Which we all had to deal with this weekend, which was super fun. Yes. Which that honestly was kind of a bust, if I'm being perfectly honest. Everyone, again, everyone always panics and then like Floridians are like, it's going to be fine. I was just going to say, it's two Floridians, so we know what the fuck time it is. <laughs> We're like, so it's going to rain? Yeah, cool. So... So my my aunt and my cousin were both frantically texting me because my grandmother had hit them up being that she was so panicked about how I was doing. And I was like, guys, it's literally a rainy day. I went to Starbucks. It's like not even raining hard. Yeah. No. It's I went to Starbucks in the middle of this. There's not even wind. And yes. where I live, it creates a wind tunnel. Like normally there was no wind. It, it had been downgraded before it even touched land. Like it's literally a rainy day. I appreciate the concern. And it's very nice. You know, someone gives a shit about you to freak out. But yeah, I was like, because my aunt hit me up and then her daughter, my cousin hit me up. And I was like, I literally just got off the phone with your mother. I'm fine. It's it's a rainy day. I'm fine. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Same thing with my dad was like literally texting me like, are you okay? Like, are you prepared? I was like, it's like, honestly, not even raining that hard. <laughs> this is not our first fucking rodeo, man. Yeah. It's like, first of all, We're like, Floridians. we know how to deal with a hurricane. Yes. Technically, my first hurricane was Hurricane Andrew in Miami, which was like fucking Same. category five and Same. terrible. Yes. Like, it's fine. We're fine. <laughs> I was in first grade. Yeah. I was going to say, you probably remember it better than I do. Like, I was first to se- uh, first to second grade. Or I was going into second grade when, when yeah. Hurricane Andrew happened. And I remember second grade a bunch of new kids because their schools got blown away or their houses got blown away like that was just a thing yeah so holy shit fucking rain like get the fuck out of here i'm cool yeah it's nothing (laughs) in the rainy day i got to binge the white lotus on hbo which if you haven't seen it's so fucking good. Oh my God. I have been hearing people rave about it. So Mike White wrote the entire series. There wasn't a writer's room. He wrote every episode oh, and directed shit. every episode. That's amazing. He is so underrated that I don't understand why. Because he's fucking brilliant. He wrote... Really? Okay. He wrote School of Rock. He wrote... Oh, shit. Um, and he's the he's the like geeky roommate in School of Rock. He was literally on Survivor, Monique. Yes, he was on Survivor. I know who I he is. Yes. <laughs> Monique, <laughs> you act like I don't know Survivor. Yes, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Of course, he was on oh Survivor. God, I, so much. I think twice. I think no, it was Survivor and Amazing Race. That's what he was on. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it is. Yes, Schneebly. Yes, because I was reading an article afterwards, and and he said. Uh, that he was on Survivor. And I'm like, oh, Amy will know who he is then. <laughs> I totally do. I also really liked School of Rock, honestly. So I was... School of Rock's great. I, yeah, I really enjoy... I enjoy Jack Black, generally. So I like Tenacious D. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Wonder Boy. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck her gently. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. 
my first serenade was in Key West. Uh, this guy that I was involved with for a bit, uh, he serenaded me, fucker gently, in front of God and everyone. And it was one of the top five moments of my life. It was incredible. That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love that so much. That's pretty hot. Uh, Get yeah. it. I don't think he was prepared for me to know all of the lyrics to <laughs> Fucker Gently. Uh, probably not. No, but probably not. I'm, but you did. I'm a wild card. <laughs> the best fucking kind of wild card. Fuck yeah. Uh, it was so good. The acting is so good. The, what is the premise exactly? Uh, the very light premise is uh, this very high-end Hawaiian resort for the uber white rich who go there and kind of their story the stories of the people who are going there the people who work there um colonialism oh okay and how that has completely is completely fucked and is still very evident today okay Um, shit i'm gonna have to check that out it's fucking brilliant Steve Zahn, who is <gasps> a so underrated, also completely underrated, is in it. He's so good. Ah, oh, he's so good. Adorable. Oh. I really enjoy him. Yes. I was like, I'd rail yes. the fuck out of him in a second. Man. Oh my God. Yes. Straight up. I'd fuck him gently, Moni. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> he... I would he's, fuck Steve he Zahn however like he wants to be fucked. <laughs> Facts. You t- Facts. I, I'm down. I'll show up. You tell me what time it is. <laughs> I'm trying to climb Steve's on. However you want it, sir. However. Oh my god, that's oh hysterical. God. Yeah, uh, it's fucking great. Highly, highly recommend it. It's only six episodes. Okay. And apparently, it was supposed to be a limited series, but everyone lost their minds over it that they're <gasps> making it into an anthology series. Oh fuck! So season two is going to be at a different White Lotus property. All new guests, all new people. It's really fucking great. And also, Mike White wrote and directed, I don't know about directed, but he definitely wrote one of my favorite all-time underrated comedies, Orange County, which is fucking incredible. And everyone is in it, and no one has seen it. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I've seen it. Ah, girl, next time I go to your place, we're doing a movie date. Okay. It's so good. Done. Everyone is in this movie. It's Colin Hanks, John Lithgow, Jack Black, Ben Stiller, Catherine O'Hara, Lily Tomlin. I can picture the cover perfectly where he has like the oranges over his eyes, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I never, yeah, I never saw it. Okay. It's an amazing movie. It's fucking great. Interesting. I didn't realize it had such a star-studded cast, so. A fucking, um, Judd Apatow's wife. Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. She's yeah, every phenomenal. Fucking person God, I love her. In this movie, she's hysterical. Uh, it's so good. All right. Um, so check out White Lotus, and then check out Orange County. Fuck yeah! Well, I finally took your recommendation, and I started watching Ted Lasso, <gasps> uh, which is are you like sobbing tears of joy in every episode because it's so wholesome and beautiful and wonderful? I cannot handle my life. Like, it literally makes me feel so good. And it's such a, like, wonderful, heartwarming show. And it's just, he is so sweet. And I, like, also I have, like, the biggest crush on Roy, the captain. Yes. Oh. I cannot cannot handle his manliness and his, like, stoicism. Like, oh. The intense Mm, grumpiness is very much a Monique Sanchez vibe. Oh. Yes, mm. I love mm. an intense, grumpy man who mm-hmm. uh, begrudgingly enjoys a heart of gold time after uh. he reads it. 
he does have a heart of gold. He's so moral and uh, lovely. I just, uh. Uh, Anyway, it's it so really good. is such a sweet show. I really enjoy the premise. It's fucking hysterical. The amount of times it's caught me off guard with how hysterical it is. Like The writing is fucking sharp as fuck. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So I, good. And I honestly like can't believe it's so good having had you explain like how it came to be that it was just like these characters from a commercial basically on ESPN. Like Yes. There's no what? reason this should have been good at all. It's so good though. It's so good. It's so good. And and the thing is, it's not completely saccharine. It's not no, like the the no. type of shit that we grew up watching that it was like, mm. it, you know, Ted, it's still like a real dude who's still going through his shit and he kind of fucks up a little bit. But yeah, oh, it's so good. It's just so genuine. You're right. And like usually with it super like sappy or like feel good, I like roll my eyes and I'm like, okay, right. fuck you. Like settle down. The world is terrible. Don't sugarcoat it. But no, it's just... <sighs> It's the sweetest. Yeah. I just, there's, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, there's so many like little parts of it that I just like. It's so good. Uh, like the biscuit thing is so sweet. Oh, uh, like, uh, yes. I can't. It's so amazing. It gets to the point in the series where I play, I basically play, play a game with myself of, can I make it through this episode without crying? <laughs> so far, I've lost every time. <laughs> I'm just like. <laughs> Spoiler. You can't because. <laughs> It's so beautiful. I love it so much. Even shit that is not sad, it's, it's like, it'll be just like so touching yeah. and sweet that like several times, which you know, I'm not a crier. I was like doing the whole like turn your head and just like subtly wipe the tears. Like, no, 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 Embrace don't worry about it. it. Not that, I'm not crying. I just bite something Embrace in my eye it. and I'm just, it's so I'm good. Just, they're watering. It's so good. Uh, it's so good. It's so good. I love it it's, so much. It's funny because Ugh. I started watching it kind of right after it premiered because I don't (laughs) I find out what is on or what's new is because there's a bus stop uh, right in front of my apartment and they have ads yeah we talked about this that's so funny yeah so there's a Ted Lasso ad there forever and I think it was Christina I think had started watching it she's like you need to watch the show you need to watch this and I was like okay and I had the Apple thing for a year and I was like okay fine I'll watch this because I'm like it's like because Jason Sudeikis is one of those that I'm like, I don't know how I feel about him. Oh. I don't I, know if I, like, love him. I adore him, yeah. I always very much enjoy him. It's, yeah, so I'm, so I'm one of those, I'm like, mm. So you were hesitant, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. I also haven't seen enough of his work to make a decision of I love him. Okay. So I was like, I don't know how I feel about this dude. And it's sports, and I'm like, Ugh. Uh, But no, it's so fucking wonderful. So good. And it's funny because... Nellie texted me and Donna like a month ago being like, I have a new show for you guys, Ted Lasso. And I'm like, bitch, where the fuck you been the last year? I've been watching Ted Lasso already. So yeah. I've been watching Ted Lasso. Get with the fucking program. <laughs> um, it's so wonderful. <laughs> and there is a whole, because you're, you're still in season one. I actually got a little further, I think now. Oh. Yes. Because you mentioned, I think, like, the Christmas episode in passing to me, and I have made it to that episode. Oh, shit. Now, so which you're, is season like, two. essentially caught up. Like, I think you're I one episode off. Think so. I think I might, because I was watching it late the other night, and I think I may have fallen asleep in the episode after that. Okay. So I don't know that I saw all of it. But I did meet um, Led Tasso, which was <laughs> one of the funniest things I have ever 
ever fucking seen. I like could not handle it for one second. It was this fucking uh, I, funny. And Roy's <laughs> monologue to the owner after the double date in the first episode. <gasps> I cried. I yeah. no, I cried. It got me. It got me so good. I like couldn't handle it. No. It's facts. Don't it's so- fucking settle for fine. Oh, <sighs> uh, it's so good. Watch Ted Lasso. Oh my god. Watch Ted Lasso. It's so and watch yeah. the White Lotus and Orange County. Fuck yeah. Ah. Those are all great recommendations, I have a feeling. I know Ted Lasso is, and yeah. I trust your I trust your judgments on the other two. Cause obviously you did not lead me wrong with Ted Lasso. It's fucking It's it's so good. It's so good. Uh <sighs> so it's good. So amazing. I know. I can't say enough good things. Like this could turn into a Ted Lasso podcast, honestly, because I'm just I'm so obsessed. I'm so obsessed. It's so I wouldn't obsessed. be upset about it. Do you want to balance our love of Ted Lasso with some some scary uh paranormal stories from our listeners slash scary true crime stories from our listeners? Fuck yeah. Weird stories. Who knows? Who knows? Uh it's a grab bag. <laughs> the best kind of grab bag. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, even though this kind of devolved into a White Lotus Ted Lasso love-a-thon, this is another fucking horror podcast. Hey, it is. Look at that. I'm Monique Sanchez. I'm Amy Traden. And it is our favorite of all of the episodes. The True Listener Tales yes. episode. Bum, bum, bum. Yes. I love it. And we got some fucking good ones. We got a whole grab bag. Oh Very my god, I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. So let me start us off. Fuck yeah. My dad worked for the government, so I moved around a lot as a kid. I went to high school in Memphis, Tennessee, and the high school I went to was said to be cursed. (gasps) Nope. Immediately. We need to transfer schools. I need to live in another district. I'm not going to a cursed high school. It's already terrible enough. Yeah. No. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. High school is terrible enough without there being a fucking curse. God, no. (laughs) No. So here's the curse. Oh, no. Okay. Every junior year, one of the juniors died. <gasps> no, thank you. No fucking thank you. My freshman year and sophomore year, sure enough, one of the juniors died. When my class made it to junior year, we were all a bit paranoid because, obviously. But the curse seemed to have been broken my year. None of the juniors died when I was a junior. But that win was pretty short-lived. Because my senior year, five of my classmates died. (gasps) I don't know if curses are real, but if they're not, that's a really fucked up string of coincidences. Kristen. That's a lot. Holy shit. I mean, I only had... That gave me chills. Yeah, Two max. I had one the entire time I was in school. And it was my freshman year of someone I didn't know. Because I had been there for five seconds. Yeah. I think we had my senior year, there were like two at two different times. And I want to say that both of them were car accidents, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But that five, that's a lot. In one grade? Yeah. <sighs> I, that seems pretty cursed to me. Not going to lie. Too cursed for my blood, at least. I'm not. I'm not going there. Literally fucking same. You could barely get me to go to a non-cursed high school. <laughs> Because, it, again, it was Fucking awful. I pretended to be sick every single day when I woke up. I was like, <laughs> no, I got the black lung. And my mom was like, no, you're not sick. You're going to school. I know. Thank you. Every morning we do this, and every morning I know you're not sick. So, yes, you're still going to school. Thank you. Thanks. 
Yes. I wish I was lying. I'm not. I really tried to pretend to be sick every single day because <laughs> I hated going to school. <sighs> that struggle's real. Fuck. Being a teenager. Struggle is I, real. You know, I always heard about people being like, these are the best years of your life. If I could go no. back, I'm like, really? What the fuck are you doing with your life now? That having a curfew and doing homework and not being able to drink legally is you living your best life. Yeah, is fun for you. Look at your life. Look at your fucking choices, homie. No way. At no point would I ever want to go back to living in my parents' house, having to wear a fucking uniform. No. Like, dealing. Yeah, I have to, like, pay bills and shit, and that sucks, but, like, I get to do whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. Pretty rad. Yeah, it's the fucking best, man. Make all of the rules. I'm going to choose being an adult all day, every day. Oh, yeah. Facts. A hundred percent. Literally could not pay me enough to go back, honestly. Literally fucking same. And I had a very good high school experience. And even so, I'm like, not mad. Yeah, mine was like not that bad. But no. Mm -mm. No, thank you. All right. Uh, Our next listener story says, I grew up right outside of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. And my uncle, he was my dad's friend, but I called him my uncle, was a park ranger And for a while, he worked at the Eisenhower farm, which is where President Eisenhower lived. And my uncle would often work the night shifts. So not just a clever name. Yeah, it actually had a reason. Yes. I was like, they didn't just pick that for shits and giggles. (laughs) He told me they would be in the control room and they would hear someone walking upstairs. They would look at the cameras and there was nothing (gasps) there, but you could hear footsteps. Yeah. So they would have to. Oh my God. No, no, no. No. And (laughs) I'm out. Goodbye. So they would have to go up and investigate, which I'm sure is part of the job, but I would be like, "Mm, no, 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 I'm going to stay here, thanks. And this was an area that wasn't open to the public, and when they would go check it out, things would be moved from where they would normally be. A book would be found in a completely different place, even though they knew no one had been up there. While they were never able to catch it on the surveillance cameras, he told me that this happened quite often. Mm-mm. And that was from James. James! <sighs> no, thank you. James, that's fucking wild. See, okay, because here's the thing. Best case scenario, it's an actual person who snuck into the place. Yeah, and fucking with you. No, thank you. No, like, thank you. Even if that's the option, I'm not here for it. Yes, and here, that person would appear on the security cameras, so... It's a shunt from me. Yes. I was like, I'll stay in the control room. You can go check the footsteps. I'm going to stay right here. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thanks. And how much is a park ranger making? I mean- Not enough to deal with this shit. Not enough for that shit. No. No, no, no. Uh, My question is, is it Eisenhower's ghost who died there? Oh, shit. I don't know. I don't know that- Or like, maybe all the dead people from the Battle of Gettysburg. Oh, my God, Monique. No. (laughs) I don't make the rules, man. No, thank you. No fucking thank you. After all the dead soldiers last week? No. Oh my God, I know. There were so many. So fucking many. Skeletons and armor and shit. Redcoats, get out of here. You know, going back to the the skeletons and the armor, you know, because that negates the ghost outfit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wait, does it? They could have died in the armor, no? But what, what about the rest of them? Were they naked in an armor? Like, why don't they have flesh? Are they just skeletons and armor? I don't know how this works. That's a really good question. Yeah. Hmm. All right. 
Debunked, Monique. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done. I was done. listening to uh, another podcast uh, that said that someone said that the, the theory of how you appear is how you think of yourself. Oh. That that's why if you were to describe yourself right now, you probably wouldn't think about your shoes or your feet, which is why oftentimes ghosts don't have feet. They're kind of, yeah. It's not, it kind of like think vanishes. Of yourself and your image, yeah. You don't think of that. Hmm. That that's a theory. Interesting. I've never heard that before. Me neither. But I was like, oh. Okay. Huh. I could see that. Yeah. But then what's up with the skeletons with the armor? That's how they picture them. Yeah. If they're like, I'm rad- we're a fucking skeleton army. <laughs> fucking metal. Fuck yeah. Metal. So metal. Uh. I mean, I guess. I don't know. That's, re- that's pretty terrifying. I was like, to be fair, I, w- I would not want to fight a skeleton army. All right. You ready for our next story? Yeah. Lay it on me, girl. This is how I found out that God exists. Oh, my God. That's a hell of an opening. Shit. Right out the gate. Damn. Boom. Okay. Boom. <laughs> I was like, I, no, I love it. That was so was so bold. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we're in this for real, real. Not, not for Playblade. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a teenager, I went to a fresh air camp which is a not-for-profit agency that provides free summer camps in the country to New York City children from low-income communities, which is rad as fuck. That's I never awesome. Knew I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I love this. A bunch of us were out walking in the woods, and we came across a big rope with a big truck tire that someone had set up as a swing. And I grabbed the rope, and I went to put in my right foot in the hole of the tire so I could get my left one in there and sit down. And this kid behind me pushed me, and I swung out and lost my grip, and I fell off and fell down a cliff. <gasps> oh my god! Okay. And the height I fell was the equivalent of a four-story building. <gasps> Jesus, fuck, dude! Ah, I got chills from that. Right. And I was falling headfirst, and I felt hand turn my body around, and I landed on my side. What? Yeah. That's some guardian angel shit. Yeah. Dude, for real. And the counselor's asking me, are you all right? You just saw me fall from a height, the equivalent of a four-story building. How the hell could I be all right? Right? Like, no, I'm not okay. At minimum, I'm shaken as fuck. So Exactly. uh, Yes. I'm rattled. Thanks. Literally at minimum. Yes. The ambulance came and they did a battery of tests on me for 11, 12 hours. No fractures, no broken bones, no (gasps) internal bleeding, no bruises. No bruises? And I wound up walking out of there. And the doctors and nurses and everybody just stood there with their mouth open. And they were stunned. Like, how could he be getting up and walking around like nothing? I was very sore. I had to take hot Epsom salt baths three times a day for about a month. But I walked out of there unscathed. Now, if that wasn't God, then who was it? Mike. Damn. I might have to agree with Mike on this one. That was like the hand of God, for sure. Just like, boop. Dude. And especially that you feel you're going head first, and then you feel something turn you around mid-air. Yeah. I literally just gave myself chills. Yeah. Dude, it was not your time, and they were like, nope, nope. 
we gotta do something here. I gotta, I gotta fix this real quick. Hold on. Let me reach down there. Burp, burp, burp. Exactly. Yep. I, I was talking to someone last night that it was that such. It, it, he was saying that he knew someone that was supposed to be at World Trade on September 11th, but his meeting ran long. <gasps> and that's that shit that I'm always like, it's not your fucking time. That that's why I stopped stressing. I stopped stressing about being late to shit or missing a train. I'm like, I'm not supposed to be on that train. It may not be ominous. I'm not supposed to be on that train. So that's all good. Yeah. That's so intense. So intense. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, thank you. All right. This one says, there was one time I was with my wife, Valerie, and I had taken her out shopping in bed where we lived at the time. Oh, holy shit. That's already terrifying, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you guys you, don't know Bed-Stuy, yeah. it's basically like Biggie's from there, right? Yep. It, yep. It's, it was rough and tough, no fucking joke, like gangland. You did not want to be caught dead in fucking... And uh, Jay-Z, I think, is from bed too. Yes. Yeah, yes. you did Because you, you take the Jay-Z be train to get there. Yeah. No, 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 no. <sighs> All right. So they say... And we came back and realized that we didn't have any beer in the house, so we decided to go to a bodega. Turns out that there was a gunfight happening (gasps) on the block, the bodega was on, and we walked right into the middle of it. Holy fuck. I can't even imagine this. I would have to, like, immediately start running the other way. We both saw two guys pull out nine millimeters and start shooting at each other, and we walked right in the middle of it. (gasps) We were walking by a fence, and as soon as we realized what was happening, I put her up against the fence and shielded her with my body, and I remember closing my eyes and praying, saying, Lord, please protect us. If anything, let me get hit with a stray bullet, not her. crazy which like good for you dude that's the fucking move you're a keeper fucking gentleman i mean absolutely yes yes a bullet ended up grazing my jeans but thankfully didn't actually hit me holy fuck thank god you're wearing like baggy jeans and you weren't into the the skinny jeans man i would not that would have been a totally different story oh this is probably like the 90s or something yeah that was not a thing yet yes as soon as the shooting started it was over When I opened my eyes, both of the shooters were gone. I grabbed my wife's hand and I said, baby, are you all right? And she didn't answer. I was fine afterwards, but Valerie was shook. It took her six hours to calm down after we got home. I still went to the store afterwards for the beer because if I didn't need it before walking into the middle of the gunfight, I definitely needed it now. I mean, I get it. And that is from H. H! H! Holy fucking shit. I'm glad you're okay. Holy shit. That was insane. I can't. Oh my God. I can't even imagine that. Holy fuck. Bedside. Wild. Uh, Bedside. <laughs> we were not exaggerating. No. Holy shit. Shit happens. Shit happens. Don't fuck around Bedside. Oh my God. Damn. For real though. All right. You got another one for me? Sure do. Fuck yeah. It's a long one, but I love it. I love a long one. That's, That's what, she what she said. said. Ayo. Ayo. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. I'm obsessed with you. I grew up in an average Christian household for most of my life, going from Catholic to Lutheran in my early teens. It wasn't talked about much, but my dad's side of the family, including himself and I, are very attached to ghosts. Whether it's a past loved one or just some random person, 
who has passed close by or in the area we were in. There's dozens of stories I grew up listening to that were about a spirit that made itself known. My grandfather would regularly see a young girl in the bedroom he shared with my grandmother. He would play guitar for her, and he always knew when to stop when the girl disappeared or he'd start crying. What the fuck? Bizarre. Oh my god. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Another story taking place a few years ago had to do with an old pinball machine my dad inherited from his uncle, my grandfather's brother, after he passed. I don't recall the uncle's name and was born long after he passed. One night, my dad was out in our garage to smoke when he heard tapping on the side mirror of his Ford F-150. These sounds would continue almost every night until my dad simply asked, is this blank? I guess the, the uncle. One tap for no, two for yes. And of course, right after my dad heard two soft but hearable taps on his truck. <gasps> oh my God. It didn't take long for full conversations to start. Every oh time my, my dad God. would ask a question about something and he'd hear either one tap or two taps. <gasps> Chills. Oh my God. Okay. Literally. Oh my God. Oh my God. Finally, it was revealed that my great uncle had done some things in his life and he had what my dad said was quote unquote, unfinished business. My dad learned that the pinball machine belonged to his uncle. Oh, okay. And as a good Christian, my dad tried numerous times to help him cross. Sometime after it was confirmed it was my uncle, my dad made a very strict rule that he was not allowed in the house. And of course, the spirit complied. After almost a year, my dad convinced his uncle to move on, and he did. There was zero tapping after that night. We eventually sold the pinball machine when we decided to move. I've also had my run-in with a family ghost as well. But to not leave my mom out of it, she also has a story where her dad, adopted, not biological, visited her one time. She was totally unnerved by this and proceeded to take him to tour our house. As my older brother and I were both born after he passed, my mom introduced him to us as we slept. After finishing the tour, he was gone and never seen again. The interesting part of the story being that my mom could fully see him. Holy wow. shit. That's kind of sweet I, that she was just like, okay, I know. like here's kind of what you missed. Like here's the kids. Here's your grandkids. Like, yeah, and he was like, cool. All right, I can go now. Like I got to see them. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Another and last story is when I was around 13 or 15, I was sleeping as far as I know, and I had a very vivid but very lifelike dream, or maybe nightmare, of my grandma on my mom's side showed up. She was extremely scary and looked like the grandma from Fiddler on the Roof, who was dead, and the protagonist makes up a dream about how his very scary grandma or mom threatens him to let one of his daughters to marry her true love. Anyways, she was creepy. I wasn't able to move, and she would just stare at me menacingly. I somehow broke free and ran to my mom's room, who was doing something. I told her what happened, but she said she didn't understand, as not only had I met my grandma, but that she was known to be kind. It was chalked up to being a nightmare, but something tells me that I wouldn't be here if I didn't run away. Damn. <gasps> that gave me chills. Mm. Right? Yeah. P.S. 
I love your podcast and always share the stories I learn and blurt them out at family and friends. Yes! <laughs> I'm sorry to your family and friends. <laughs> I'm not. Enjoy. They're amazing. <laughs> I think it would be interesting to hear some stories, either paranormal or true crime, from my home state, Minnesota, or my new home, British Columbia and Canada. Girl, we got you. Okay. We're going to put it on the docket. Okay. Also, I feel like you two are the fun aunts in the family who let you do all the cool stuff. I absolutely the fuck am. <laughs> we totally are. Yes. Here's a bunch of sugar and shit you're not supposed to have right before I hand you back to your parents. Bye. Enjoy. Exactly. Bye. Here's a toy with a million pieces. Like, what can I get you that no one else will get you? Hashtag not a mother. Hashtag fun aunt. There you go. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'd also like to weigh in on an older episode called Take the Hint, Dude. Regarding AB's story. Okay. I don't recall. Uh, this is uh, for those who don't remember. This is the woman who had the voice telling her that she had brain cancer to go to the specific hospital and the specific doctor. Yes. Which was fucking crazy. Regarding AB's story. I don't recall if it was mentioned as a reason for her hearing these voices. It could be DID or dissociative identity disorder, which can cause the person to have different personalities that all have different names. It could be that the voices were part of her DID that was caused by the tumor, but after the removal, the voices and possible other personalities were cured and went away. Best and happy summer, Storm. Thanks, Storm. Storm! I love that. We did not explore the possibility of DID. That's an interesting theory, too. Yeah. Huh. Not outside the realm of possibility. Yeah. But she heard it after she had it removed, technically. She had that one last thing, too, right after it was removed. It was like, we've helped you. Goodbye. Yeah. Right. Being mm -hmm. like, you're good. Bye. And also, how does the voices know all the shit? Yeah. That she had a tumor to go to this hospital and go to this address. Yeah. That's where I'm... That's crazy. That's some advanced DID. That's like psychic DID. Yeah. <laughs> psychic DID. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm down with psychic. They're going to put that in the diagnostic manual next year, Monique. They fucking, <laughs> they're on it. They're fucking on it. Right. And they're going to fucking credit us. Yes. For another fucking Hell horror yeah. podcast. About time for we for get for some you. credit. Yeah. Up <laughs> in this bitch. <laughs> oh my God. I love that too much. Thanks so much, Storm. Yeah. Thank awesome. you, Storm. And I fucking love your name. Fuck yeah. Yeah. X-Men. X-Men. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. So this next story we have is from one of my favorite people ever, my best friend from high school who I've not seen in years, but is fucking amazing and Fuck yeah. one of our fans and literally listens to the show every week because she's yes. the fucking, she's the best. She's phenomenal. So she wrote in to give us one of her paranormal stories. <gasps> Hell yes. Oh, I love it. So this is, exciting. this is from my best friend from high school, Julia. 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 She's amazing. I love her. I was like, I love you, Julia. You're the best. You know. Uh, so Julia says – Oh, my God. I'm so excited for this. Oh, girl. I really appreciated your last Listener's Tale episode and thought you might like to read some of my experiences. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Absolutely. You know so well. <laughs> <laughs> Let me begin by announcing that I am a skeptic. I'm team Mulder about aliens, but I don't really believe in ghosts or spirits. Not really. Maybe the truth is I'd prefer to be a little crazy than accept what I saw was real. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, a few years ago, my brother was in prison. 
As a show of support, my father used to drive five to six hours one way to this remote facility in the Florida Panhandle to visit him every month while he was there. I accompanied him several times. Not super fun, but I found you'll do a lot for family. Normally, my dad would drive all day there and back to make this trip. The first time I came with him, he decided we should make the drive the day before and sleep in a nearby bed and breakfast that night. I have no idea how he found this place, and I wish he hadn't. (gasps) When we first drove up, ominous as fuck. I got full body chills. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I was like, never trust a bed and breakfast. Come on, you know somebody died there. Oh. It's sketchy. 10,000 fucking percent. Right? Goes without saying, I think. When we first drove up, I noticed there was no driveway or parking area, just a long dirt road with a bit of gravel tossed in, surrounded by a smattering of ancient oak trees with long drapes of Spanish moss. At the end of the road was a dilapidated old colonial home. It wasn't very large, just two stories, and didn't appear to be able to house many guests. The paint, which must have been pastel yellow at a point, was pale, dingy, and flaking off. There was a crawl space shoddily covered by some dirty white lattice, and the only vehicle outside was an old, rusted pickup truck. Add on top of that, it was an entirely gray, overcast afternoon. My first instinct was that I definitely didn't want to go inside, let alone sleep there. I remember pausing at the trunk of our car before collecting my backpack and asking my dad if we had to stay here. Yep, was all I got in return, so no choice. The owner of the place rushed hurriedly over to us. He was a middle-aged man, sweating heavily, and was somewhat dirty. He seemed to have been working outside, but on what, I couldn't tell you. There was nothing around. He struck me as very distracted. Mm. He led us to the house and showed us our rooms. In retrospect, what I saw on the way to the room makes me feel nauseous, but at the time (gasps) I was just creeped out and I told myself I was being unreasonable. As we walked in, there was a sitting room to the left of the entryway. Imagine a layer of light brown dinge tinting everything I described. White lace curtains drawn shut, an old lamp with a lace shade turned off, pink carpeting, a pink love seat, and some weird antique figurines here and there. Sitting on the love seat, across from an ancient TV playing some staticky, old-timey sounding show, was an elderly couple. They were sitting up unnaturally straight with their legs uncrossed so close to each other that their sides were touching. The room looked weirdly shadowed and they were not moving. At all. (gasps) They didn't even turn their heads when we walked in. I think they were wearing all white, but it might have been light colors. It made me feel so uncomfortable, I just turned my head and kept my eyes on the ground, watching the floorboard sag a little with our steps. I never saw them again after that. Uh-uh. Oh my god. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Because, like, if you are guest at the thing, you would expect to see them at some point, like, during your stay. Yeah. Another time. Okay. Terrifying. So, the room he gave us had two beds, and the bathroom was shared and down the hall. I was glad not to be alone in this place, but unfortunately, my dad snores extremely loudly, so Oof. I had a hard time trying to sleep. So I'm laying there with my ears pricked for any squeaking floorboards, but I couldn't hear anything but my dad snoring. There was a little pinpoint of greenish-yellow light piercing the darkness on the ceiling. Pretty sure it was just an annoying fire alarm, though I hadn't noticed it earlier. The room was very dark, and my eyes were trained on this little prick of light for what seemed like 20 minutes or so. 
I started playing little scenarios in my mind, laughing internally at the idea that the light could be a ghost. It made me feel a little better to laugh at the scenario, right? <laughs> no. I was like, uh-uh. you jinxed it, Julia. Like, I love you, but you called them. <laughs> I started tilting my head side to side to enjoy that smearing effect that lights in the darkness can play on your eyes, kind of like sparklers caught on camera. I did this for about a minute or two before I swear I saw the light start to move by itself. <gasps> I kept my head very still and swore it moved at least one to two feet closer to the ceiling. Get the fuck out. Oh my God, right? Seriously, I would be out of that place. 10 seconds. (sighs) Closer to the ceiling, directly over my bed. Feeling extremely uneasy, I pulled the covers over my head and stayed still for a while. Then my dad stopped snoring. I peeled the covers down under my nose and looked for the light again. It was in its original spot and seemed much dimmer than before. Suddenly, Coming from the area near the light, a shadowy figure rushed directly in front of my face. Get the <gasps> fuck out! Get Julia, the what? <gasps> Are you writing oh my this God. from a mental institution? Because you would have to lock me up forever if this happened no, to me. No, exactly, exactly. No, I, I'm sure she just brushed it off and was like, that's weird, but I'm not going to think about this anymore. I felt my entire body tense, and freeze in terror. No shit! (sighs) At this point, I had been awake for a while and my eyes were uncontrollably wide. They had adjusted to the darkness and could distinguish the layout of the room. I could see this thing's dark silhouette clearly. The thing had no features, but I could make out the shape of a head and sloping shoulders. It seemed like it was kneeling (gasps) on the floor (gasps) beside my bed, peering directly at me. I have full body chills. Oh my God. I can't handle this for one second. The best way I can describe its presence was as a living darkness, deeper than anything natural and completely silent. That is the eeriest fucking thing I have ever heard. (gasps) Oh my God. Oh my God. I felt it was staring at me and slowly inching closer to my face. Oh my (gasps) God. And for some reason, I felt it was angry at me. No. Uh-uh. 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 I remember feeling intensely terrified and cold and then absolutely nothing. Everything went black. I don't remember falling asleep and I don't know how I could fall asleep in that circumstance. But that's how it happened. I woke up exhausted and convinced I must have hallucinated from stress or something. Oh my God. I am traumatized just hearing that story, so I can't imagine living it. I can't imagine living it. She ends it by saying, I have two more stories that you might enjoy, but I'll keep them for later. Keep up the great work. Yes! Yes! Julia, you're amazing. Julia! Holy shit. That's fucking terrifying. Terrifying. (sighs) I'm shooketh from this story. I'm shooketh from this story. I'm so impressed, too, that she's remained skeptical after this, because that's one of those things that I would just be like, okay. So clearly. Something. Yes. I see. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. That was so fucking terrifying. That was great. That was amazing. Oh, my God. I can't believe that you're still chill (laughs) after this happened. So chill. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh. 
the description of it being like a living darkness. Oh my god. Like silence, like, oh no, 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 no. No, thank no, you. I hate everything about that. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god, but I love that at the same time. Julia, Julia that was fucking incredible. You're amazing. I can't wait to hear the other two stories because I know they're going to be just as crazy. Uh, absolutely. Holy fuck. Come to New York and let's hang. Just hang. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. Girl, lay it on me. So Amy and I talk about this a lot that, you know, a lot of times we'll ask people like, hey, you know, like we have this podcast. Do you like, has anything ever happened to you? And people are like, oh my God, no, I wish. And then they'll tell you a thing. You're like, that's the Honey. thing. Yeah. That's the spooky thing. What are you talking about? What the fuck? every time it happens all the time it's ridiculous so this is uh one of those yes oh my god I wish, but no, stories <laughs> except that one time <laughs> yeah this thing was a little weird but no nothing nothing's ever happened to me <laughs> it's wild to me growing up my sister and i had a bit of a sixth sense thing going on i had many experiences where i had dreams that felt so lifelike that i would wake up and those exact things would happen. Maybe the following day, a week later, or even months later. Those events would play out exactly as they had in my dream. Girl, come on. That's a thing. That's a thing. Girl. When my sister was younger, she used to tell my mom all the time that she saw a man hanging from the tree in front of our no. house. No. No. Of course, when my mom would go to look, there was no one there. Turns out, in the mid-90s, a man had hung himself on that tree and died. Why? Oh, my God. I would not be able to handle that for one fucking second. One fucking second. No. I would be like, okay, so I love you both, but you're going up for adoption because I can't have creepy possessed children in my house who are seeing, who are seeing hanging men from the trees outside. I love you. I'm sorry. You're going to go live with your grandma now. Thanks. See. I had some stuff that I saw in my house growing up and you were the only could see and, it. Yeah. And I put together very quickly that, that no one else could see it. And in this scenario, I'm kind of like, do you gaslight the kid to be like, nothing's there for like your sanity? That's a very good <laughs> question. Like, I can't yeah. have this be a thing. <laughs> I just fuck up the kid forever. Or do you like, are you like, yeah, tell me about the dude. But then you're like welcoming it and fostering the situation. This is why I'm not a mother, man. This is why. That's a really good question. I don't know what I would do, honestly. I don't know what I would do. Because I wouldn't want to lie to the kid, especially like if I found out that like that had kind of happened and there might actually be a reason they were seeing that. But also like you don't want to scare them. Yeah. But again, you don't want to gaslight them and be like, there's nothing there when they're like, I mean, I'm like seeing something though. You're not seeing that? Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Wasn't there a True Listener Tales episode where it was the thing of someone being like, telling their mom, like, this place is haunted, this house yes. is haunted. They're like, no, 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 no. Yes. And then years later, the mom was like, oh, yeah, it was definitely haunted. Oh, yeah. I totally I saw like, shit. All the time. Yeah. You. Mom, what the fuck? Yeah. Gaslight the fuck out of me. It's bullshit. Yeah. I don't know uh, the decision I'd make, but I'm pretty sure it'd be wrong. <laughs> Either way, whatever decision I made would be incorrect. Yeah. It'd be the wrong one. Uh, yeah, that's why I that. I, uh, I don't have any children in my care. There you go. There you go. Same girl. I don't have to make the decision <laughs> as to whether I, I don't want to have to decide to gaslight a kid of their like ghostly 
encounter or foster it and possibly welcome more shit <laughs> to the house. Yeah, no, 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 no. I told you one of my biggest irrational fears is that I'm going to have a possessed child and I can't deal with that. <laughs> I've watched too many I, too many scary movies. I don't like when they sing like lullabies or like children's songs. I know nope, yeah. immediately creepy. Get the fuck out of here. Nope. Yeah. So that's an example of a story where nothing has ever happened remotely paranormal or creepy to someone only for them to tell me this fucking story. And then they're like, so the time you saw a, a, a dead person hanging, basically that wasn't ghost, there. Like all of the time. And then it turned out it's a dude who hung himself on that tree before you live there. That's not, that's not a thing. Cool. 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 It's like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> are you listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth right now? Oh, this is not fucking quote unquote normal. That, though. No, no, right? that's, does not happen to everybody. No. Yeah. Well, thank you for your non-paranormal, exceedingly <laughs> paranormal story. I loved it. Exactly. I fucking loved Thanks, it. Thanks, girl. Obsessed with Yeah. You. Amazing. All right. So we have a story from the incomparable, the one, the only Grace. Grace. Our lovely Grace. Yes. Queen, Queen Grace. Fuck. Yes. Queen Grace. She says, greetings, travelers. So I'm back with an array of sordid tales, both about me and, of course, about our illustrious King Henry. Fuck yeah. Queen Fuck Grace yes. and King Henry. I'm into it. And King Henry. I don't know how I your husband it. feels about this, Grace. But He's probably okay with it. He seems with chill. Yeah. Yeah. He seems red. He seems cool as fuck. <laughs> First of all, I have to tell you that his grizzled old face erupts into a grin whenever I let him know that he has a growing fan base. Oh, he does. He does. We're your biggest fans. Yes. President, vice president of the Henry fan club. Fuck yeah. As someone who has been either in the military or law enforcement for the last 48 years or so, it's amusing to him that people have suddenly decided to start paying attention. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. This isn't so much a true crime story or a spooky story, but more a harrowing tale of drunken debauchery in foreign countries. Ooh. Oh, shit. Okay. As we have established, Henry was a Marine sniper in his younger days, and he's very good at not talking about it. Only a couple of times has he mentioned operations he was on, times when he was afraid he was going to die, other times being parachuted into an area without even knowing what country he was in or what American troops were hoping to accomplish there. (gasps) Holy shit. I can't imagine that. Seriously. Holy fuck. He doesn't talk much about that. I'm pretty sure he's killed people and then later the fuck out, but he won't confirm or deny my suspicions, just takes a drag off his cigarette and silently stares at me when I ask him to expound, which... (laughs) <laughs> so badass. That's a fucking move, Henry. And I approve. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Because Henry's a boss. He's a boss. But still, he'll tell me stories about getting utterly wasted with his fellow Marines. Apparently, one time he and his buddies were tearing up the island of Okinawa, Japan, having a rip-roaring time getting drunk and causing trouble. They were at it all night until early dawn when they had a brief moment of calm before heading back to their docked ship. They were apparently sitting on a wall above the harbor where their ship was waiting. They were dangling their legs over the water as the sun rose, and Henry and his buddies were lost in a deeply drunken appreciation for the magical moment. Right up until Henry, who had a bit too much of a lean going on, lost his balance and fell off the wall into the water, 
only to discover that he was surrounded by anywhere from seven to ten man of war jellyfish. <gasps> oh my Holy fucking god. Fuck. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <gasps> yes. I like my heart is racing for him, even though I know he obviously got out of this okay. I'm horrified. Oh my god. Oh my god. Grace goes on to say, for anyone who is unaware, a man-of-war jellyfish is kind of the marine version of a brown recluse spider. Stay away at all costs. These little bastards will kill you. These little bastards float along the surface of the water, trailing along tendrils that can stretch anywhere from 30 to 165 feet. Oh my god. Yes. These tendrils are covered with nematocysts, which contain a paralytic venom which catches and kills fish. According to the internet, a human being being stung by a man of war is, quote, excruciating but rarely fatal, end quote. So let's all take a moment to appreciate that they didn't say never fatal. Correct. And also, let's remember that Henry had just fallen into surrounded by them. Not one. Not two, but an entire harbor full of these fuckers. Get Henry the fuck immediately out. started screaming and flailing around, begging his buddies to help drag him out of the poisonous quagmire he was now swimming around in. Oh my god. Oddly, Henry's friends didn't respond at what all, the but fuck? remained transfixed by the sunrise. <gasps> oh my god, stop it. Dude, in fuck a Herculean effort, Henry Right? They're kind of, yeah. Is, aren't they're, they like, I was like, Marines, let's blame it. No, they're, like, Semper Fi. They're Marines. They're Brotherhood. What the fuck? Right? Maybe they were a little too, a little too tipsy and they're getting a little distracted here. I don't know. I don't want to say fuck your friends, Henry, because I don't know them. I'm sure you've been through a lot. They might have like saved your life at one point, but like, yeah, they were not okay, here for you that's now. true. It's but not cool. No, they were not. <laughs> they were not looking out for you. No, they were not. In a Herculean effort, Henry somehow managed to grapple his way out of the water and back up to the top of the harbor wall, gasping and cursing and frantic he was going to get tangled in the barbed wire of the jellyfish. (gasps) When Henry finally managed to extricate himself from the water and pulled himself up to a seated position beside his cronies, one of them drunkenly turned to him and slurred, Okay, it's spelled like phonetically, so I had to take a second to like. I was like, "What is it? Wait, what am I? What am I actually saying here?" It really is a beautiful sunrise, isn't it? Henry's fellow Marines were so drunk that they never even realized he fell into the water. Holy! Nor did it register that he was suddenly soaking wet and stone sober, because obviously that wakes you the fuck up. Clearly, so much for. No man left behind, as you (laughs) so wonderfully pointed out. (laughs) Anyway, that's your Henry story. As for me, I'm not as inherently interesting as Henry is, so I'll have to dress my story up with a little good old-fashioned death and corruption, right? Shut the fuck up, Grace. You're so interesting. Stop it. Everyone's obsessed with you. (laughs) Stop. Obsessed, literally. I generally try to avoid any self-revelatory information on social media, but this is too good not to share. So please be kind and tell your listeners to not come for me in my personal slash professional life. A certain amount of anonymity is essential to my survival. Anyway, way back when, I was a paramedic in the Mile High City of Denver, Colorado. Mm. I had decided to leave that profession because it sucks and I was pursuing my goal of getting in with the medical examiner's office. Yeah. I was back in school and had landed an internship with the Office of the Medical Examiner. I was training to do what I do now, medical legal death investigation. 
one day we were called to Cheeseman Park for a dead body. Cheeseman Park has something of a dubious history. This 81-acre park in one of the ritzier parts of Denver is surrounded by 100-plus-year-old mansions and outrageously expensive condominium high-rises. Yet, despite being in an overly gentrified and high-priced location, all kinds of illicit activity happens there. Lots of drug deals, lots of overdoses, lots of assaults, and lots of anonymous sexual encounters. But that's not even the half of it. Cheeseman Park is full of dead bodies, and full is in all caps. Holy fuck. Oh, shit. That day that the medical examiner's office was called to pick up a dead body, it wasn't so much a dead body as it was an unidentified skeleton. Holy shit. All of the investigators were very cavalier about the skeleton, and I was confused until they told me that it wasn't a big deal because they pull skeletons out of there all the time. What? What Cheeseman Park is a graveyard. (gasps) Way back in the late 1800s, Cheeseman Park was actually Prospect Hill Cemetery. Oh my god. What? It was converted into a park in 1907. When the decision was made to do this, the families of the dead were given 90 days to move their their buried loved ones to another location. (gasps) This is literally the fucking premise of Poltergeist. Oh my god. They moved the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. (gasps) Oh my god. I have full body chills and I cannot handle this information. I like my brain is literally like trying to shut down on me right now. It's like, no, no, no. Kill pull the switches. Like pull the cords. Cut nope. Flip all the switches off. No, no, no. We're shutting down. This is not acceptable. This doesn't happen. They don't just make parks over graveyards. No, 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 no. But apparently they do. Except they do it all the fucking apparently time. They fucking do. Oh my fucking god. This is terrifying. But let's remember this was. 1890 to the 1910 era, lots of these descendants either didn't have families that could be found or the families didn't have the money to move them. Right. Let's just say that for these remaining bodies, pandemonium ensued. It's an epic tale that now that I think about it might make for a great episode for one of you to cover. Oh, shit. So I won't go into all the historical wackiness surrounding the park's wild evolution, Suffice to say that the movies Poltergeist and The Changeling are partially based on Cheeseman Park. There you go, girl. Shit. And every time a work crew has to dig up some water pipes or lay some cable, odds are they'll find one of the park's inhabitants because, you guessed it, quote, they moved the headstones, but they didn't move the bodies, end quote. Ah! It's rumored that up to two thousand bodies remain in cheeseman park get the fuck out that's no i can't i can't handle that information mostly paupers and criminals well rather a thousand nine hundred and ninety nine bodies remain there since i picked that one skeleton up during my internship if you have a chance maybe take a look at it it's a super interesting story <gasps> that's oh, all for now my dearest my god um I feel like there should be like a city fund. Yes. To, I would to donate to that if there was a city fund. To move that. It. Yeah. I think that's acceptable. I don't want to be that. like playing with my kids and having a picnic and like walking my dog on a bunch of like dead bodies. Thanks. Although apparently that's all of downtown Manhattan. Yeah. All of it is like all of it. If you walk down uh, in downtown, you'll see areas that um, are gated. But if you pay attention, a lot of them, uh, the gates aren't a perfect square. They, like, will jet out a bit. 
And it's because those are the bodies <gasps> of people. So to not desecrate their grave anymore, they basically do the gate over the outline of the body. I can't. My jaw is dropped right now. It's, yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for that. Yeah. When you start paying attention downtown, like around um, like the Wall Street area, you'll start noticing it of like that there aren't perfect square gates that they like jet out oh, in different no. areas because that's a fucking Okay. Body I, yeah, I kind of assumed that for New York anyway. It's just like, I mean, where were you going to put the bodies? So they're somewhere here. But can you imagine like- I think this should be a fund. I'm okay with that. Can you imagine if you went to Central Park and you were like, yeah, by the way, this used to be a graveyard. Like no big deal. But like there's actually a bunch and of bodies underneath. Skeletons. Chilling, no big deal. Every once in a while, there's like an overenthusiastic dog, and it's like, oh, he's got a femur. Shit, fuck. I guess oh you should call somebody God. for that. Like, no, what? Imagine. Oh, girl, no. Worst I, fucking no. nightmare. <laughs> this is why I don't even go to parks. Fuck the woods. <laughs> it's too. It's too close to the woods. I don't give a shit if I can see buildings. Still, like, no, it's outside. Get the fuck out of here. No, get the fuck out. That's all for now, my dearest, morbidly amusing friends. Hugs and kisses from me, Henry, and all the waiting skeletons in Cheeseman Park. Grace. Grace! Grace. Never disappoint. She's always fucking amazing. Literally, at the same time, never disappoint. You're so good. I can't even handle it. We're obsessed with you. Yes. So great. And I really enjoyed Henry's Man of War story. That was horrifying that is also terrifying in a whole other way yes oh my god i can't even holy fuck uh right this is my last story fuck yeah and it's a crazy one (gasps) girl you always say the crazy ones for last i love it got to so i went to high school in the north shore of long island i was very overprivileged (laughs) (laughs) but clearly down to earth enough to know yeah okay cool you own it i love it With this guy who was brilliant, this guy got into every school he wanted to go except for Princeton, which was the school his mother wanted him to go to. But he went to Columbia University. He ended up joining a band, doing a lot of acid, and dropping out of school. It happens, you know. I don't want to say we've all been there, but like, it happens. (laughs) It happens. I've never done acid, and I completed my, my degree, so. But I'm also super lame. We all know this. You know what? I've done a lot of things. I have not done acid either. I will say that. That's not one. I've heard good things. I've heard some rave reviews. I've also heard some horror stories. So be careful out there. Yeah, I've definitely heard horror stories. Even though he was doing drugs, booze was really his problem. Fast forward many years later, he's living in New Orleans, playing guitar. He's a great guitarist. And he's living in a flop house with some old guy who's a 75-year-old bodybuilder who's apparently a meth addict and had ties to the Kennedy assassination. Oh my God, that was so many things in one sentence. I'm sorry, what? In parentheses, right after this, he writes, you can't make this shit up. (laughs) I was just going to say, what the fuck? I guess not. (gasps) Okay. That's so many things. A 75-year-old bodybuilder who's addicted to meth and has ties to the Kennedy assassination. That's all of the things. (laughs) I was going to say, that's too many things. It has to be real, yeah. Oh my god. His name was Frenchie Briette. He had a mobster name and everything. <laughs> anyway, he came back up to Long Island to see his friends and went back down to New Orleans. While he was away, someone ransacked his room and stole all his shit. His amps, his guitar, and everything. I guess he figured his roommate was the one responsible because he stabbed him to death. Oh. 
He quickly turned himself in and was in jail awaiting trial for years. He was ultimately exonerated of the murder charge and charged with manslaughter, claiming self-defense, even though the eight stab wounds were in this guy's back. What? What? How is that self-defense? How? Yeah, what? He ended up getting four years, but was awaiting trial so long, he basically only got a year because of time served. You seriously cannot make this up. B. Holy fuck, B. No, you cannot make that up. That was too insane. That was so many things. Can you imagine that shit? (sighs) No. God, no. I can't imagine half the fucking shit we talked about, Monique. To be like, so many things. To be like, hey, this brilliant guy I went to high school with dropped out and then stabbed a 75-year-old bodybuilder who's addicted to meth and has ties to the Kennedy assassination to death. I mean, that's a hell of a cocktail party story, let me tell you. <laughs> I would lead with that anytime I met somebody. I'd be like, by the way. Right? BZ does. Oh my god. B, that was crazy. Yeah. Thanks, B. Thank you. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have our last our last story of the of the episode here, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I lived in Miami in the 80s and oof. And let me tell you, it was fucking crazy. That's all you had to say. Yep. Period. Period. You don't have to continue it. It's fucking terrifying. It's fucking terrifying. But in case anybody forgot, uh, Miami in the 80s was fucking crazy. One thing I will never forget was when police found this guy walking around one of the metro rail stations near where I lived, completely naked. Oh, shit. As if that wasn't bad enough, turns out he was carrying his girlfriend's severed head with him. (gasps) And when the officer confronted him, he literally threw her head at the officer and yelled, arrest her. After he was arrested, the man said he was possessed and seeing things in the shadows. He didn't remember committing the murder at all. But when police found her body, they realized she had been stabbed over a hundred times before he cut off her head. God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. He then took off his bloody clothes and proceeded to carry her head down a residential street. I mean, this is the worst Florida man story I've this ever This is god-awful. I can't even. He was acquitted on an insanity plea for obvious reasons, but it's still one of the craziest things I have ever heard. And the fact that it happened right down the street from me still haunts me to this day. Holy fuck. And that was from Tom. That is... I can't even process that information. That is the craziest fucking thing. I can't imagine being that cop. I would have quit literally the next day. I'd been like, okay, um, yeah, hi. Someone threw a severed head at me, so I'm not coming to work tomorrow. Like, by the way, or ever again, for that matter. No. Thanks. And here's the thing. I wonder if, like, because the, the 80s in Miami were so bad that I remember uh, reading a thing that the reason – Miami Vice was the thing is they were like, what is like the worst place for crime that we could do this TV show? It's like Miami. Miami. And um, it's sunny and great. And Beautiful. Hey, <laughs> welcome to Miami. And uh, if you saw Cocaine Cowboys, which yeah, is a really great documentary which is really good. Netflix about the, the cocaine wars in Miami, there's a news reporter who's like, we wouldn't even cover a double murder because that like... Because there was five yeah. people been murdered in a house. Like a double murder wouldn't even make the fucking news. It was so like 
blasé. So I even wonder if this shit made the news. Yeah. Because Miami was so fucked up at that time that they're like, a naked dude with like a headless, like, like his girl's head and his girlfriend's head. Who gives a fuck? That's like Tuesday news. It's fine. Right? Crazy. That was fucking wild. I understand why you never what forgot that. Yeah. 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 I can't even imagine any of this. <laughs> I mean, it, this is one of those yeah. like truth is stranger than fiction. Like if you wrote this in a story, I'd be like, that would never happen. It's like, no, it it did though. Hi. Hello. Yes. Thanks. That happened. And it happened in Florida of all places. hey In our, yeah, in our hometown, Miami. Hey, Miami. Hey. <laughs> the Florida man strikes again. Oh my God. Our listeners never disappoint, and I cannot get over this for one second. Seriously. And it just goes to show the crazy shit that is happening all of the time. Yes. That is normal for everyone, basically. It's like, oh yeah, I just experienced this crazy thing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And like, and the funniest thing is that always when you ask someone, like, do you have any stories? They're like, oh no. No. And then they'll tell you something. And then you'll t- tell you one of these. You're like, um, what? Yeah. Hi. You have a thing. Thanks. <laughs> You're really bearing the lead on this one. <laughs> Literally. That was amazing. Yeah, girl, same. Guys, thanks so much for it. You always do it. You never disappoint. You keep up in that, that bar. It's amazing. Keep them coming. We love them. Anytime, all the time. All day, every day. We want your fucking stories. <laughs> we want those stories. Thanks so much to everyone who submitted. Uh, you guys are so amazing. Always keep them coming. Like, we do the episode every sixth episode, the True Listener Tales episode, but you don't have to wait till the sixth episode. We, we keep a file that we collect of the stories <laughs> file. to do them for the episode. So if you want to submit your story, especially the stories that you think are not stories, because odds are they are stories. They are a story, please, yeah. <laughs> please email us at anotherfuckinghorrorpodcast at gmail.com with a period instead of the you and fucking please follow the show on the gram at another fucking horror podcast you can find me at pinup girl mo you can find me at lobotomy and that's lobot period amy as always keep it cute keep it creepy bye, bye.